0: Greetings and welcome to episode 23 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about a specific form of spiritualities. These spiritualities, what do I mean by spiritualities? Is how you move in the spirit. They're spiritual dynamics, things that God has given to us, ways that we live in, operate in, activate Powerful spiritual things in the spiritual realm. Remember, you are a spirit who possesses a mind and lives in a body. And so your spirit functions in the spiritual realm. It was created to. It's adapted to it. The same way that your mind operates in the mental arena with mental thoughts and revelation and understanding, mental faculties. The way that your body operates in the natural realm, according to, as a physical being in this physical realm, just living our lives, doing things there, functioning, man. So our spirit is the same way. So spiritualities are those activities in the spiritual realm. Now, the specific form of spirituality I want to talk to you about today Is actually what we call the supernatural gifts or the charismatic gifts. Now, I want to do that because these are the ones that actually carry a lot of power. This is the stuff that we want to sink our teeth into. Don't you want to do it? Don't you want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed, recovered? Don't you want to cast out demons? Don't you want to pray in faith? And man, it just moves mountains. I mean, These are great things that God has given to us, and they are actually on a base level for all believers to be able to operate in. Now, when I say base level, I always talk about the base level and add ons. Base level is everything in the kingdom of God that has been given to all believers. So, any believer can operate in those things. We all get saved, we can all be filled with the Spirit of God. We all have the voice of the Lord speaking to us, the Holy Spirit empowering us. You know, we have wisdom. Uh, You know, we all have those things. Talking about the covenant blessings and promises of God that are given to us, that's all base level. But there are also add-ons. The add-ons are according to our specific calling, nature, personality, and so forth. In fact, did you know that in the Bible it mentions basically three categories of spiritual gifting? Now, there's all kinds of spiritual gifting. And when I say gifting, uh, I'll explain that a little bit further here in a minute. I'm talking about those forms of spiritualities that we operate in as our own individual lives. What I'm telling you is that you have specific gift mixes. You have the ability to do it and to move and to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and move in the Spirit. Uh, So that's all yours. But in these three areas of spiritual gifts. The first one is actually found in Romans 12. And that listing of gifts, verses 6 through 8, talks about prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and mercy. Now, the significance of that is the Apostle Paul, the writer of Romans, says that these are all from the Father God. You see, there is the Trinity, The threefold Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So God, in birthing you into the kingdom, has given, according to His design and who you are created to be, a specific motivational gift. Now, that's a spiritual gift. I'm just not going to get into that any further today. Uh, But it has to do with who you are as being a child of the living God, the Father Himself. There's also another listing in Ephesians 4. We find it in verse 11 and 12, where these gifts actually come from and are administrated by the Lord Jesus himself, the second person of the Godhead. And these are what we call the office gifts. They're spiritual gifts, but there are certain people who are called to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Uh, and those are the kind of gifts that help Jesus in the capacity of being the Lord of the church in just administrating and feeding the sheep and teaching and and helping and providing leadership for the body of Christ. Now the third category is actually what we call the charismatic gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. Now I'm going to read the scriptures and begin to talk about them. These are the charismatic gifts. They're administrated over by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. So it's another form of spiritual gifts. But the reason I'm concentrating on those today is because those are the ones that most believers look at as revelatory, as powerful, and they want to operate in them. And I want you to operate in them to the nth degree and to become very adept in being able to release the power of God into the earth. So I'm excited about it, and I want to share it with you. So let's go to the scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, read several verses. But remember, this podcast is about third heaven authority. And so the gifts are supernatural dynamics that are connected with authority. Every time a gift is operating in your life, spiritual gift, then it is releasing an area of authority for you to walk in. So it's connected with, it's part of third heaven authority. And so in third heaven authority, if we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, and by perspective, we are looking from heaven's point of view at things on the earth rather than earth's point of view, man's point of view, looking up and trying to figure it all out, then that authority is displayed through the gifts because the gifts, whether they be the motive gifts from the Father or the office gifts, office ministry gifts from the Lord Jesus Christ or the charismatic gifts from the Holy Spirit, it all flows from heaven's perspective down. So therefore, we do it with confidence. We do it in authority. It takes a lot of confidence and authority to step out in faith and to operate and to move in these gifts. I know what it's like. So I want to encourage those of you who are just learning how to develop the spiritual gifts in your own life. Now, I can see right off the bat, this may take me a couple of weeks to get through. But in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So we've established he wants everybody to know about it, not to be ignorant. Remember, he's writing to the Corinthian church. Preceding that, he's given them instructions on the Lord's Supper that when they get together for fellowship dinners, how to treat one another and uh, to love one another and not for those who have more food to kind of lot it over those who don't have and all those dynamics. Then after that, he gets into chapter 13, uh, talking about love and how to operate in love. And then in chapter 14, how to operate in these gifts. So I want you to understand how they operate. And I'll do my best to give experiences that'll help guide you along the way. But he also says concerning spiritual gifts— You'll notice that in your Bible, the word gifts itself is actually italicized. That means that the word is not in the original Greek, but it was added at the hands of the translator for clarification. The word spiritual is the word pneumatikos. And again, it means that of the spiritual realm. Spiritual insights. It connotes invisibility and power, but yet... Operation, things that change, spiritual dynamics. So, spiritualities. He says, you know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. In other words, they were idolaters beforehand, the Corinthians, before they received Jesus. And they worshipped gods that were made of wood and stone. The Apostle Paul said that the enticing power behind idols were demonic spirits. They couldn't really speak by revelation of God. It wasn't from God. Remember, that's in in this first part is what he's really getting at, is what's the source. In the enemy's camp, there are certain demonic spiritualities that happen certain powers that are in manifestation, enticements, and influences. But their source is of the enemy. It's of demonic spirits. It's of the devil. The source that we operate in is from God. And so our spiritual gifting is from him, and it is a birthright, by the way. He says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So in the public assembly, any gifting that is from God is going to point toward Jesus, not away from Him or to self. Verse 4, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, But it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So there are differences in gift mixes. When he talks about diversities of gifts, it's charismata. It's from the Greek term charis, which means a free gift. It's a word that we get grace from. It's not anything earned. It's placed in you by the Spirit of God. When he said there are differences of ministries, the word ministries there, diakonas is uh, a word that is talking about the outflowing ministry, something that motivates you, but it also becomes a blessing to those that are around you. There are diversities of activities. Energeia, it's it's a word of the release of the power of God. Now, in verse 8, the Apostle Paul lists the what we call the nine charismatic gifts. For to one is given, number one, the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, number two, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, number three, faith by the same Spirit. To another, number four, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, number five, working of miracles. To another, number six, prophecy. To another, number seven, discerning of spirits. To another, number eight, different kinds of tongues. To another, number nine, the interpretation of tongues. And then he says it again, but one and the self-same spirit, Works all of these, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, one of the things that I've learned over the years, and because I've operated for well over 40 years in all of these gifts, is that they vary according to whatever the need is. In fact, they dovetail and they combine up to where uh, you can be operating in two, three, four five of the different gifts at the same time according to whatever the need is and whatever revelatory and power release that God is operating through you with. So let's just kind of break them down and talk about what these gifts are. Now my purpose in doing so is not to divide them up so that we come to this place to where we have to try to figure it out all the time. No, it's just to understand how they work. Because like I said, they will double up. We have in this nine gift listing what we oftentimes call three distinct categories. Number one, the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts are those that are revelatory in nature. They reveal something to us. It is a supernatural impartation of knowledge and wisdom and information. Those three gifts are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Then we also find another category mentioned here. It's what we sometimes call the power gifts, the gifts that do something, that energetic release of God's power. They are the gift of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. Then there are three vocal gifts, the gifts that say something. They're verbal. There's the gift of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. All of these gifts, then, are supernatural endowments which exceed our natural abilities very simply, is, you know, all of us have natural gifts. We have natural abilities. Uh, They vary according to who we are. But when it comes to the end of what we are able to do in and of ourselves, then these spiritual gifts are added on to not only carry us further in the spirit, but also to accentuate what our natural gifts and abilities are. Now, there are a lot of those that teach the gifts in the spirit, um, as more of natural dynamics and functions. Uh, And so I don't agree with that. And most of the non-spirit-filled, non-charismatic Christian circles would kind of boil it down and say that then the gift of healings, it would be like a doctor or a nurse. Somebody who has a gift of prophecy would obviously be a pastor simply because they're standing up there preaching or someone who just bluntly tells it like it is and they don't care what your feelings are. Uh, The gift of different kinds of tongues would be somebody who has learned how to speak a foreign language so they can be a missionary in going to that country. And that's not at all what the Apostle Paul was talking about. He was talking about spiritual endowments, spiritual gifts. They were supernatural in nature. These are the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they release great spiritual power. It's added on to our natural abilities. Okay, let's take the first category, revelation gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. These are revelatory It is when the Spirit of God is transferring knowledge, wisdom, and information supernaturally to you of things that you would have never, ever otherwise known about. Word of wisdom. This is how I define that gift. It is specific wisdom from the mind and purpose of God revealing His will. Now, it is a word. It's not a sentence or a paragraph or a whole story. I mean, you know, God is infinite in all of His knowledge and all of His wisdom. But when He speaks a specific piece of that wisdom, He gives you a little bit pertaining to things that are around you or about your own life, about your family. Uh, When He gives that to you supernaturally, then it can be a word of wisdom. We find many stories of that in the New Testament. There are some in the Old. I mean, you know the fact that uh, uh, in the book of Genesis that God instructions to Noah on building the ark. That was a a word of wisdom. He was giving him his plan. He was saying, you know, I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to start this all over with you and your family. You know, we find that uh, the law given through Moses was a word of wisdom. Uh, There are so many forms of that. But in the New Testament, we find in the 10th chapter of Acts that Peter had a vision. He, He was in the house in Joppa, and he was hungry. It was noon. It was lunchtime. They were getting ready to prepare the meal, and so he thought he'd go up on the roof, and he'd just relax a little bit. Well, while he's relaxing, he goes into a sleep. He goes into a trance, the Lord says. It's by the Holy Spirit. And he has a vision, and the Lord lowers this sheet filled with unclean animals down to him. It says, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, oh no, Lord. Now, this happens three times before he finally gets the message. He says, I don't touch anything. I don't eat anything that's unclean. And on the third time, the Lord says, What I've called clean, don't you dare call unclean. And Peter knows there's wisdom here. God is changing something, and he better take heed of it. At the same time, there were messengers that came from Cornelius' household, and Cornelius was a Gentile. And so Peter goes down and meets them, and they say, Cornelius had a vision. God spoke to him. It's an encounter. And an angel told him to come and get you. And so God knew wisdom. I'm sorry. Peter knew wisdom was coming from God at that moment. So they went to Cornelius' household, preached Christ unto them, the wisdom that the Gentiles were added to the church. We find that in the 16th chapter of Acts that Paul received spiritual direction for his ministry by a word of wisdom. It's kind of interesting. He's traveling up through Asia Minor, and he wants to go on into Asia itself. And it says the Spirit forbid him to go. It stopped him. The Spirit of God. Isn't it interesting how much that the men of God in the old in the New Testament here in the early church operated in these spiritual dynamics? But yet people today, Christians, fight over whether this is attainable, anything that we should have from God. Ah, I tell you what, this is the normal lifestyle for a believer in Jesus. Well, the Holy Spirit forbids Paul to go to Asia. So he turns and he starts to go to Bithynia. And the Spirit again stops him and says, No, you can't go there either. So then he heads west, and he goes over to Troas, and in the middle of the night, he has a vision. Now we call it a dream, but the Bible calls it a vision in the night. The Macedonian man from Macedonia across the waterway appears to him and says, come and help us. And so he receives supernatural wisdom from God on what to do And he goes and preaches in Macedonia and other areas from there. Now, what about my own life? The reason that C.K. and I and Brian moved to Las Vegas is because of a word of wisdom. I had a vision from the Lord. And in this vision, Michael the archangel carried me up. And uh, he showed me that was the time of the rainbow vision, uh, You've probably heard about that. me share that vision with you before. But at the end of that, he began talking to me about my personal life. And Michael the angel said, you can perform your ministry. He was talking about teaching people third heaven authority, by the way. That commission God had placed upon me. He said, you can do that from anywhere, but the Lord would rather you did it from here. Well, we were in Las Vegas in our timeshare at that moment, and that's when a word of wisdom came to me that God wanted us to move to Las Vegas, and we heeded that. Now, words of wisdom can come just— uh, it don't have to be big and flashy and about major events in your life. Of course, we always need a word of wisdom for those, but it can also be about very specific things that you are praying about— Maybe praying about where to live or what job, Uh, praying about situations in relationships. God can give you a word of wisdom, and we call it direction at times, and that's fine. But this is always when the Holy Spirit adds on to our natural understanding a wisdom uh, and the purpose of God revealing his will in our lives. Now let's talk about a word of knowledge. Again, word of knowledge is a specific knowledge, okay? But this is a concerning facts relating primarily to the physical realm. Um, we find that in the New Testament, that in the fourth chapter of John, we, the story of how that the Samaritan woman came to Jesus by the well in the middle of the day. She was a sinner, she couldn't come when the other women did, so she came in the middle of the day. There's Jesus. What did Jesus know? She said, I'm not married. And he said, well, you've spoken well because you've been married five times and the guy that you're living with right now is not your husband. And so she got so excited after this conversation that she went in and told everybody that she knew about this man who knew everything that she had done. That's a word of knowledge. See, wisdom is about the mind and purpose of God, His will. But knowledge is concerning facts that are related primarily to the physical realm and things that are around you. In the 10th chapter of Acts, uh, you know, the angel told Cornelius, I already kind of mentioned that a little bit in Word of Wisdom that was given to Peter when he saw the vision of the sheep and the animals, but that angel told Cornelius where Peter was. He said, you'll find Peter at Simon's house in Joppa. Now, you know the New Testament is filled with those kind of words of knowledge. That happens so much to us. I remember one time, uh, there was a woman, this was when I was traveling, first just in the ministry, and I preached a meeting in, you know, one night in this city, and there was a woman in the back at the end of the service stood up because I was asking for people that needed prayer. I was going to lay hands on them, they were going to be healed, good things. And she said, If God tells you things, He can tell you what my need is right now. And so I just, I, on the inside of me, it's like, okay, Lord, you're on the spot. I don't know what to do, <laughs> but uh, I need some wisdom here, yes, but I also need some knowledge. What's a word of knowledge here? And so I opened my mouth, and I heard these words, because I didn't know them. I didn't know it other than by the Spirit of God. I said these words. I found out as I spoke. I said, your daughter who was 16 years old, ran away a few days ago. You don't know where she's at. You have no contact with her. You're really troubled and afraid for her. But the Lord says she's okay and that she will contact you within the next 48 hours and then she'll come home. And the woman just collapsed because it was exactly true. That's what it was. And uh, I did have contact with her. A couple of days later, she called me and said, that the daughter got a hold of her and came home. So it was a knowledge about those things. One time, oh, man, that this has happened to me thousands and thousands of times. Uh, but I was preaching, and there was a specific woman that just kind of stood out in the congregation. And I could see various ways. Sometimes there's kind of like a halo and a glow around them, or uh, the Lord just keeps drawing me to somebody, and I know. He's going to want me to minister. And I just looked at this lady, and I said, the Lord just told me that you have a back injury, and that back injury is because three years ago you were in caught in an automobile accident, and it's been bothering you ever since. And she just went, that's right, that's right. We prayed for her, and she was healed. So words of knowledge, knowing things, By the Spirit of God, discerning of spirits. Now, that's another one of the revelatory gifts. It is specific ability to distinguish and judge the nature of spiritual entities. Now, we're talking about demons. We're talking about angels, human spirits, all those things in the spiritual realm. Distinguishing and judging the nature of it, is it good or bad? Is it the devil? Is it the enemy? Uh, is it misleading and going get, get me into trouble? Is it something that is good? And the Spirit of God's adding it to my life. There's so many areas there. In the New Testament, for instance, in uh, the first chapter of John, uh, when Jesus met Nathanael as he was walking up to him, he said, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. He knew the spirit. He knew the heart of Nathaniel. In Acts eight twenty six, there was an angel that spoke to Philip. Now, this is interesting because uh, it brings out a point to where I, perhaps you've heard me say that the Holy Spirit sometimes uses angels. See, the Holy Spirit's in charge of all of these things. But he can use an angel. I love angelic visitation. The New Testament is filled with them. Uh, I've experienced so many of them. But angels can be involved in discerning of spirits. First of all, in just discerning that it's an angel that's speaking and giving the information. Uh, So the angel said, Philip, you go down to Gaza and meet an Ethiopian eunuch. And then, the wording, the Spirit said, join yourself to the chariot. So an angel and the Spirit both involved, the Holy Spirit using an angel, and there was understanding there. And uh, by discerning of spirits, then Philip understood what was going on. Well, on the negative side, you see in Matthew 16, where Jesus perceived that Satan was working against him through Peter. You know, he was, Jesus was sharing with his disciples, his apostles mainly, uh, that he was going to die, that he would be crucified. And so Peter boldly stood up and said, Not so, Lord. We're not going to allow that. That's not going to happen to you. We have other plans for you. Well, Jesus perceived the influence of Satan behind Peter, he said, Get behind me, Satan. He wasn't trying to offend Peter. He was speaking to the influence behind that statement. He'd come to die, and he'd be raised from the dead. And Peter's bold declaration that wasn't going to happen was nothing more than an influence of a demonic spirit. And so Jesus addressed it. In Acts 16, Paul discerned that there was a spirit of divination in the girl. Remember, that uh, he was going down to the riverbank to meet with the Jewish believers, and the teenage girl with the spirit of divination came behind saying, these are men of the Most High God. Hear thee them. He knew it was a spirit. She was saying the right thing. What she was saying is true, but the source that needed to be uncovered and then judged was of the devil. It was a demonic spirit. So he cast the spirit out of her. When we look at these revelatory gifts, they're all supernatural. They have manifested in the New Testament in various ways. Angels, visions, dreams, the audible voice of God, the inner voice of the Holy Spirit, a heart knowledge or awareness. You ever get that sometimes where... You just feel good about something and you just know in your spirit, it's like the spirit is bearing witness with it, and that is something you should do, that's something that you should trust. But then there's other times, there's a check. There's this irritation. There's this, oh, no, that doesn't that doesn't feel good. This awareness that something is wrong. So all of those are manifestations. And there's another one too, prophecy. Discerning of spirits comes through prophecy so many times. I'm going to have to pick up there next week. But I really pray that the revelatory gifts begin to operate in your life. And here's a little bit of wisdom. You have to learn how to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. It'll come so many different ways. Like I said, visions, dreams, heart knowledge, Angelic speaking to you, a visitation. Uh, But usually you have to develop your spiritual ears to hear that, to discern it, to understand it. And then by faith you step out on it and you learn. Sometimes you make a mistake, you correct it. The next time you try, and you learn as much by failure at times as you do by successes, at least in starting. But the Lord overlooks that, and he graces you. So I really want to encourage you to hear the voice of God in whatever form by the revelation gifts of the Spirit of God. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each and every person right now under the sound of my voice. Lord God, that they would release the gifts through them, that the anointing would come upon them, for the spiritual gifts, and it would be released through their lives. Teach them the ways of the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Join me in future episodes as I continue to share from my heart and my experiences, as well as from God's Word, Subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. Use your spiritual gifts. Practice them, develop them, and use them. They're for you to bless your life.